Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Pawnee Public Radio. With your hosts, Hannah and Will. Previously on Pawnee Public Radio. (laughs) We talked about season one, all of season two, and we introduced ourselves through stories from our own lives. Meet Will. He's from a small town of Arkadelphia, Arkansas. He's sweet. He's funny. He has things to say. Meet Hannah. She's got a secret that we're about to find out. I don't know. I I guess we'll see. (laughs) Will these two co-hosts let you in on the joke or continue this bit the whole time? Tune in now to find out. Having a new season. Welcome to season three. (laughs) Starts with a recap. It's like when you put two mirrors right next to each other and you like look down the infinite hallway. That's what having a recap kick off a recap feels like to me. This is the only time in the series they do this recap. It's very mm-hmm. corny. Um, I think my favorite line is like, will April and Andy make up and make out? It's just, <laughs> it really, it really simplifies a multiple season long flirtation affair into a yeah. very simple line. <laughs> it feels like the little ads that they play after the end of The Bachelor to get you to watch the next episode of The Bachelor. And might I say, it worked on me, and I watched this entire episode. Actually, the date this week felt like a bachelor date for me. I know mm-hmm. this sounds weird because, uh, and it's going to be very specific. Maybe I've been watching too much Bachelor, but they tend to do this thing on the on the Bachelor where you talk to a producer beforehand about what you want to say at dinner, mm-hmm. and Chris's store her asking him. Why are you so positive? And him going into one, when I was a baby, I had this blood disorder. It was beautiful. Great backstory. But it really felt like a bachelor date of like, well, I'm glad you asked. The reason is I thought I had weeks to live and turns out I had many more weeks. And that's why I'm on the show, on this journey, ready for love. It really felt like a bachelor date. We'll get to the Chris and Ann date. But (laughs) speaking of the bachelor. Chris would make such a good bachelor, except I feel like the show would end with like a polygamist twist where it's like he ends up with everyone. <laughs> He's I think too nice the women to send would anyone be really home. let on. Yeah, he'd be like, 
Yeah. All his dates would be either awesome or phenomenally awesome. Yeah, he would give out roses each time, and the girls would start to be like, Chris, you, you have to choose. He'd be like, I literally... <laughs> Maybe his optimism would, would spread to the. Season. Maybe it would like spread and kind of like infect the whole production team, and they would they would just be like as positive as he was. <laughs> or is do you think I it's really, too ingrained? I think his, no, I think it's great. I think his promos would be fantastic. I think they'd be. Mm-hmm. You'd really see why the women are going on. But as we'll learn later with Anne and Chris, even when he tries to send someone home, I don't think he'll do it very well. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Communication I think he'll have to bring. Yeah. yeah, I think he'll have to bring bring Ben in to dump the women on the season. It'll be like I, mean, I think good... you are phenomenally awesome, and I want to give you a rose. And the lady would be like, "Great, uh, Ben, could you take over?" Yeah, he can't give you a rose. <laughs> like this is over. It's done. <laughs> I think that's what it is. It's a Ben and Chris like dual season. That's the only way he ever eliminates anybody. Yeah, so he has a little backup. From another one of the black hats who just rolled in to Pawnee. That, oh, I forgot. You know what? Scratch the other line being my favorite line. That's my favorite line. <laughs> Two black hats roll in. Yeah, it seems like the, the little intro, it feels like the intro was written by like an exec. Yeah. You know, instead of, instead of one of the writers. It feels like it was someone being like, okay, this show is a little complicated. We need to. We really need to let yeah. the audience know exactly what's happening. We're talking, of course, about season three, episode one, go big or go home. Now, before we get started, we want to address the peacock in the room. Um, yeah. <laughs> the plumage is, is robustly shown. Peacock, might I just say, what's your deal, man? <laughs> What's going on? You feel like you're feeling bogged down by this quarantine like the rest of us. Yeah, Peacock, really maybe drink a glass of water or something. What's your yeah. problem? <laughs> Just take a break. We are aware. I got a couple tweets about it, and then we obviously like looked into it going into this week's episode. But we are aware that in order to watch season three, you suddenly need Peacock Premium. Mm-hmm. Which means you get the best commercials during your watching experience. <laughs> Is there something above premium? You, I don't know. They, <laughs> a limited plus. <laughs> they try plus. to sell you on, pre- on Peacock <laughs> during the commercials. And I'm like, we've already got it. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to figure this out. But for this episode, we will really try to talk through exactly what happens in Uh-oh. case you need a refresher. <laughs> so it's all on us now. Um, okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not going to be the we same. We're going to ask for a tailor. <laughs> Listen, you don't need Peacock Premium. You have Will and I being like, the A story, the B story. Yeah, what is that? Isn't there some movie in my brain? It's Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. Like Pirate Radio or something where they... Are you talking about well, The Hunger Games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the Hunger Games or Pirate Radio, where they set up like a radio station off the coast of England or something. At some point during the podcast, I'm going to whisper a username and a password into the microphone, and we're going to play it backwards. And if you want to figure out what that is, then you'll have you'll also have Peacock Premium. But also, we understand. Exclamation point asterisk. So there you go. Um, if this is your. You know, if you're rewatching the series, obviously you have a bit of a breather to figure this out because you can still listen to 
our recaps. Um, but if this is your first time through, we understand this is an issue and we will be addressing it publicly next week <laughs> because we haven't figured out what we want to say yet or what we yeah. want to do other than the brilliant, of course, backwards username and password. Thank you. Yeah. I have spent all day training to speak backwards and I think it went pretty. Can you say, can you say my name backwards? Anna. Can you have my middle name? Sucking in. <laughs> no, uh, my middle name is Lil. It's also a palindrome. And then Nessin, also a palindrome. And then Shapiro Whoa. breaks it. But my first three names. Three in a you row. You don't have to, Yeah, three in a row. Tic Tac palindrome. <laughs> uh, you don't, you know, you can do it backwards or forwards. So it, you didn't have to learn anything. That was a trick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if only everything were that easy. Yeah, I feel like this really sets up the new attitude of like who Leslie is and what her goals are. Um, this season, obviously, it's to save the Parks and Rec Department. Um, and then in future seasons, it might be, I don't know, off the top of my head, City Council, something along those lines. I just think it, it sets a new tone, I feel, like, fully for the show. It marks the the... <laughs> It, well, there's none of that, <laughs> but it, it's the full shift away from what we got to experience in season one. I also, you know what I noticed? No, not a word mentioned about the pit or what used to be the pit. And it's just nope. a lot. They don't even mention it. And I think, I mean, was, definitely in the last, yeah. in the last like season opener and sort of anytime there was a doubt about, I think, where tension was coming from where drama was coming from in the show in season two they would, they could just like go back to the pit or go back to the lot and i think this it is was always a pit stop yeah. each episode when you didn't know what to do yeah <laughs> but it was getting to be a lot i just think ultimately the pit was a lot and well. the show decided to move past it <laughs> and it's not the end of the pit but it is no. well in a know. way the pit yeah Go for it. This season is a big, uh, is the financial hole that the government of Pawnee has dug for itself. It's You're all. Right. There's always a new hole pit. to have to fill. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> um, also, how do you feel? Yeah. Go big or go home. Why not do both? Hmm. Just something to think about. We start. Go big with- then storm home. <laughs> like you're, you just want a quitting story. Um, Another quitting story. I love no, I mean, this opener. The opener mm-hmm. is Leslie Nope collecting all the various members of the Parks Department, and I like seeing where people might be if they wor- didn't work for the Parks and Recreation Department. This is why I like the opener. Yeah, this she feels stops like a, at everything. Yeah, a really lovely like writing exercise. To be like, who are all these characters? What do they do with their time? And how does the crushing weight of capitalism force wage workers to work an extra shift in order to? To just get by, um, even when the government is closed. (laughs) I don't think it's an extra shift. I think it's just everyone's taken on different jobs while it's closed. It's not extra jobs. It's instead of their job. Instead of jobs. But there's no job security. Everyone is on a razor's edge just trying to survive. And it's funny. It's very funny. But I just want to... Will, stop trying to... to, to Lot your... No, I'm just kidding. Um... (laughs) Yeah, no, it's in- but I just think it's interesting. We have Donna is working for the rubber nipple company, mm-hmm. Kernstens, the nipple people. 
Yeah. Um, we have uh, Tom working at a shoe store and being just as Tom about the whole thing. I'm assuming, I think it's it's a lady footlocker, isn't that kind yes, of the vibe that we yes, get from the place? Yes. Yeah. And then we get Ron and Jerry, who are living lives of leisure. Different, different yeah, lives Ron of leisure. Yeah, Ron has a lot of gold. I feel like he, you know, we learned throughout the series that Ron is a is a is a is a libertarian of means, and like most <laughs> <Maybe>. libertarians, <laughs> I would say, I've only met wealthier libertarians. Yeah, it lines up nicely with like you want to be able to get to the point where you can be like, okay, now now I want the government to stay out of. <laughs> so now that I have now that I have what I need. You're getting a lot of opinions up top. Um, Yeah, so Ron is cutting wood and Jerry is painting a beautiful landscape painting. And Leslie goes and just tosses it in the lake and says, the nightmare's over, we're back. Something to keep in mind for all of these scenes is that Amy Poehler is pregnant. That's a fun little Easter egg. Yeah. What? I was Why didn't reading you tell me on... this while I was watching? Well, she probably found out in the middle of not this scene because they found out in season two and had to start shooting season three early. I love my favorite. I love it. New Girl does it in such a hilarious way by accident where when um, not Jessica Day, Zoe Deschanel is pregnant. <laughs> she suddenly holds a lot of purses. <laughs> <laughs> and they send and her off on jury duty. <laughs> they do. And once she even holds a plant. Actually, the jury duty episode really annoys me because um, this is not the point. But it just really frustrates me. If anyone watches New Girl, she tries to get out of jury duty and then ends up doing the right thing. But the the lawyer hits on her. So she had a perfectly good reason to get out of jury duty. But she was pregnant, Zoe Deschanel. So they were always going to send her away. It's just a nitpicky New Girl thing. If you're one of the like four people listening who understand my nitpicky new girl thing, uh, please tweet at us. If you're one of the thousands of other listeners, just please ignore this new girl. <laughs> little, yeah. But, take, take this new girl opinion and and throw this beautiful, well thought out opinion into the lake like Leslie through the painting. It has merit, I, but we have to get it out of here. <laughs> yeah, there's two main storylines in Go Big and or Go Home. The A story being uh, the the date uh, with Anne and Chris and the secret plan to to get the Parks Department some money. Mm-hmm. And I'd say the B story being the recreational basketball game. Yeah, it's really a B ball story, which is sports guy important. dad would love this because Tom is really us when we're answering sports guy's dad's questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, today in therapy. My therapist was talking about dreams. And he was saying, when you think about or like talk about dreams, it's not about like cracking a code or something as much as figuring out. It's about how you feel, but also like what part of, do you have any, do you have dream thoughts of like what part of the dream? What did your therapist say? Because mine said it's about how you feel. About feeling and also being like, well, it's all you. You know, it's like it's all this story that your head is made up. So even if there's another character or like a person in the dream, it is still from your subconscious. So you, you can always learn about yourself by like thinking about the dream because every part of it is like something that you made so up. And what it's all does in your this head. have to do with the basketball game? 
I'm, An- I'm Andy. I'm watching Parks and Rec like a dream. And it's being like, hey, I got a little bit of Ron in my subconscious. Okay, I understand. I've got now. a Ron and an Andy in my belly. No, and I feed both of them. And the, whichever one I feed more. The evil <laughs> characters you make up, yeah, are you as well. No, my I, my thing was a different thing. It's just about how you mm-hmm. feel. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, juxtaposition of people in this episode. Yeah. But... I think we should just jump into A first. They all weave together by the end. As they do. As we learn more and more that that's just that's just the way it goes. Um, Leslie so gets the whole team meet together. Leslie. Meet Anne and meet Chris and Ben. <laughs> They're in our A story. <laughs> I can't get over the opener. It's so silly. Or the opening. Um, yeah, Leslie Chris- starts with a vengeance. That's yeah. where we start, right? She barges right in. She throws away poor Jerry's coffee. And she very seriously talks about how it's their job to have fun and to make sure Pawnee is having fun. And to to build the world's largest pizza. I think I do think we give Tom a lot of flack for not like being super great at his job, but world's pizza biggest pizza, idea. not the worst pitch. I love <laughs> I love that Ron pops his head in and goes, Did someone mention pizza? Are we ordering pizza? Yeah. Um <laughs> I I enjoy Tom's pizza entrepreneurial spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has something to offer. He's just a lot of energy trying to figure out where to put it. So the next speaking of that, a lot of yeah, energy. Speaking of a lot of energy, <laughs> Mark comes in after a great big couch. No! <laughs> and he goes, I'm back in city planning. Uh, no, Mark I hope is, there was at least one writer who always tried to write him back always in. Always was like, what if Mark enters? Um, what really happens, Will? What really happens is that our bud Andy, who couldn't keep his lips to himself, I know it's more complicated than that. I'm just saying, you know, it's that's not exactly how the situation went. It leaves April his 200th voicemail. Yeah, um, we have two people in a in a major dilemma. I mean, we have a lot of people in dilemmas, but our two kind of parallel stories that end up converging are Leslie needing the parks to get the budget back, and. Andy wanting April to come back from wherever she is. Yeah. Yeah. Or just to say something. He has no idea where they left. The last time he saw her was after he admitted that he had kissed Anne. We're all on we're all on pins and needles. Tinter hooks. Can't wait. Maybe we'll find out by the end of the episode. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna promise anything because there are three commercials that we need to get through first. Um we're in maintenance mode. We're right in maintenance Hannah. mode. Yeah, Chris and Ben come in and say that while we are back, wahoo, all they can do is maintain the parks. And Leslie has endless ideas binders, color-coded, um, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. <laughs> well, the the one thing that there is money for, according to Ben, is that uh, they have the money for youth basketball, which is where we get yes, our they have our money for the story. B story. They, yeah. parks are, the parks department may be broke, but there's always money for the bee ball story or the bee story. Yeah. Um, but there's only there's only money for two teams. They'll develop a great rivalry. I love that line. Um, we've got <laughs> we've got Andy's team. I believe they call themselves the Lightning, and Ron's mm. team. I think they said Cornridge, which is a very like Ron sounding name. Ron uh, shows them what has become sort of a famous meme or image, meme or image. I just described what a meme was. Uh, Ron's Pyramid of Greatness, the Swanson Pyramid of Greatness. 
of yeah. how he trains these boys to become men and men to become Rons? I don't know. Ron, I guess that's yeah, the next Swanson. the, evo- no, there the was, like, there Pokemon was one evolution. In between. Yeah. I think there was <laughs> there was like warriors into Swanson. Swanson's the highest thing. And one of it had to do with like he like certain certain haircuts are allowed. And I just imagine being a mom sending my kid away to like recreational basketball and he comes back with a buzz cut (laughs) and i just feel like i freak out yeah i I feel like this is you know it's it's a slightly heightened world of parks and recreation just a shade different from our own world and in that world i feel like every mom has a crush on ron Mm. um except for the handful that are furious at him (laughs) for shaving their children Yeah, yeah for sure Fish, but only for sport. It's basically a vegetable. That's one of the rules. One of the really big ones are capitalism, who deter- <laughs> that determines who is rich and who is you know, who is smart and who is poor. It's something crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely something a rule that, that's written that by we'll, someone who can <laughs> someone who can we'll just chop definitely wood. will agree with. I can tell from I can tell from Will's earlier spiel Dude, about I'm about libertarianism. <laughs> That that Will really agrees with. Um, I'm just freezing it here. We have some of the things: um, crying, Grand Canyon, and funerals. Uh, romantic yeah, love. <laughs> oh, I see. Suspicion. Do not trust anyone else. I like that. Uh, handshakes. Firm, dry, solid. Three seconds. <laughs> I'm uh, sure, like gra- to- graduate, graduate. You know theses have been written on this this pyramid i think it's I like really teamwork, rich teamwork work together as if your life depends on it it does i feel like that's why him and leslie get along um i can't find the capitalism yet greatness itself the best revenge yeah he's got a lot of a lot of wisdom oh, on the top is honor if you need it to find, you don't have it. Wow, what a burn. He also have these, he has these images. Now, I like to imagine, I know this is, oh, capitalism, God's way of determining uh, who is smart and who is poor. Um, I, uh, I like that Ron has this pyramid printed out with his face on it, because I also like to imagine the time he spent photoshopping it. Yeah, I think crafting like, it, like making crafting the whole thing. It, like we talk about Leslie as the great craftswoman of all these binders, but I think Ron really shows himself masonry. Building walls makes you strong. Defending them makes you even stronger. Wow. If he, if he made this graphic on his own, it's the Friends. most work he's ever done. Ever done. <laughs> Friends, one like, to three is sufficient. No, you know what? I do not agree with that. Ron has been working since he's like nine in factories. Ron is a very hard worker in uh his own in his own things that he's passionate about ron is just not in the government uh frankness cut the bs facial hair full thick and square nothing sculpted if you have to sculpt it that probably means you can't grow it living in the woods live off the land something i do get the feeling that a lot of these are like nick offerman's like silly rules like it does feel like didn't he write a book about (laughs) There's like a picture know. of him in a canoe do, on the front. I do He's nicer I, than this. Yeah. <laughs> no, not nicer isn't what I was gonna say. Nick Offerman himself is a is a very liberal um man. He is very a much not a libertarian. Yeah. No, he, he yeah, he is <laughs> not that's part of the joke, is they got um skim milk, avoid it. I agree with that one. Oh, so you're what tier are you on? Like 
<laughs> skim tier, you made it half like I, the pyramid. I was not allowed to have whole milk as a kid because it was just, I drank too much milk. I'd always ask for milk at parties and stuff. Whoa, party. Um, Old wooden sh- sailing ships. They're beautiful. I agree with that too. Torso I, should be thick and impenetrable. I There are some things on here I agree with. I don't agree with, with a lot of it though. As with most dogmas, I think take what you need to use and... You know, don't get obsessed with following every little block of this pyramid because it will lead you um, not to becoming really a Swanson. I've really slowed down. On the other end of the basketball court, tell us about Andy's team. Oh, they're just going hug wild. Hug and hog wild. Uh, a focus on fun and mentals. Duh. Uh, it's chaos. It seems like every camp that I've ever been um, a not great counselor at of just like the icebreakers have broken open and the kids are are running wild. It's a little Lord of the Flies experiment on half of a basketball court. Um, it looks like a lot of fun and also very, very stressful. <laughs> Which camp would you want to be at? Mm, I think Real Will uh, yeah. would, would do better in Ron's Wait, camp. Wait, what's the other opposite? Okay, so real will Ron's camp. Now, what is there a fake will? Do you have an alter ego? I can I contain multitudes. Yeah, dark dark will. I say is is you know my darkest impulses. Dream will, who we touched on briefly in the beginning. You've met, (laughs) know him pretty well. Um, No, I think I do well with a little bit of structure, and I think there would be Mm -hmm. too much. um, I don't know if I could have structured fun. I, you know, I think I really am a person who, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like, get that impression too. Yeah. <laughs> I like organized fun. You know, yeah. I like a party that is organized by activities. Yeah. Where there's, really you get to the party and there's just a, a big glass of milk just waiting for yeah. you when you walk in the door. I was really, I was really lied to as a child. I just assumed all parties would be organized fun with like some sort of parental figure guiding it. And in adulthood, I've only been to a few parties like that. Most parties, none this year, to be clear, but most Mm -hmm. parties are just stressful and you stand by the snacks waiting for someone to talk to you. Why do I miss them so badly? Do you know what I give to (laughs) safely stand by the snacks at a party? I don't think I'm going to be an introvert anymore after this pandemic. That's a whole other conversation. I'll hold you to it. One of the best parties... And then if you if we must, we can move on. But my mom threw a party for me when I was a, a wee, wee little boy. 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I won't. Just imagine how small you want me to be. And it's your story as much as mine. Um, but one of the uh, I was in first grade. One of the things was there was a human gumball machine, which is oh, where. <laughs> that sounds mom. not appropriate. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of like human blank that is pretty dark, but this was just a college student at the school where my parents teach that my mom asked to be inside of a cardboard box wrapped in aluminum foil. And then if you put a quarter into the box, she would slide a gumball down like a paper towel tube into your hand. That (laughs) is so uh, wonderful. Yeah. And that that feels like that part of the party (laughs) would be on Andy's Andy's side of the court. Like, I think I think that kind of energy could have thrived for Andy's team. Um, that's the world I want to live in. But this these teams really form the great rivalry we were promised. But meanwhile, in the A story, 
We mm. have Chris keeps asking Ann out and she feels like she's not in a place to date. We saw her um, kiss Chris and clearly that has not gone anywhere. But Leslie asks if she wants to be a prostitute without the prostitute money and basically suggests that she go on a date with Chris so that she can bring up the parks department. She says there's always a way to connect it. And Anne says yes. And I think she says definitely. <laughs> I think, you know, we've shown what a good friend Leslie is. I don't think we can blame her for trying. She knows how much this means to Leslie. And uh, she, no, I think that this is morally. <laughs> no, it's obviously not OK, but she does. <laughs> she, yeah. The line, the, the back and forth is very funny. It's Leslie coercion, goes, but it's like a very cute moment. It's a very cute moment. <laughs> Leslie's like, do you want to do what a prostitute? Are you willing to do what a prostitute does? Anne looks at her weird. And then it's sort of like, except for the money. And Anne goes, definitely then. It's just a yeah, very like, sweet sure, thing. Yeah. <laughs> so she says yes to Chris. And I love Leslie trying to like tell her how sexy to be. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned that Leslie is not the best dater. We saw this. I, it reminds me a little bit of the episode um, First Date, where they had to practice the first date again and again. Um, but yeah, they role play a little. Anne's Chris. Leslie is Anne. And I I love I love when characters are playing other characters because you know what I always think about what it really is is it's an actor playing a character playing a character that's played by an actor, and that kind of stuff. Ooh, that just gets me going. <laughs> I think that's cool. And it's like so clear that they're both having so much fun. Like Leslie is doing this fake sexy thing. Very like um, if I'm gonna Kristen Wiig eating a banana. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I mean, if I'm going to continue my referencing of other shows, I think the yeah. best episode ever of a character playing another character. Now, this is big. I just said ever is in The Good Place. So it's when Darcy Carden, uh, as good Janet, brings everyone into her, all the characters into her void. It's okay if you don't watch The Good Place. Basically, she has to imitate every single character. The whole script, like most of the script is her being everyone. And it's a tour de force of acting. It would really get you going. And she, I feel like she deserved an Emmy for yeah, that. If, she was, if you're was spending, so good. If you find yourself spending this pandemic really missing your friends doing one-person shows, this is the episode for you. I think this is yeah, <laughs> the height of it. <laughs> Um, man, oh, have you ever done a one-person show? Um, when I lived in, <laughs> I, I love improv comedy, and when I was in London, I didn't have anyone to do it with, and so I would sometimes do improv by myself, which is also another way of talking about that is like, uh, being cra- being like, <laughs> just cutting loose. I don't say being crazy, but that's not. You could say losing but your mind a little bit. <laughs> losing my mind a little bit, yeah. Um, but also just a blast. I've done little like little one person things. Um, um and I can't if, wait to get back into it. I feel it. <laughs> like I feel like we should do a podcast where you are just me and you and you do the whole thing. Mm. I'm pitching it yeah. now. In a, Listeners, in a pinch. let us know what you want. <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna hear Will monologue for an hour twenty as both himself and me, please comment below. <laughs> And what um, we really mean to say is, we hope you enjoy me doing that in today's episode. Speaking How is of, my Hannah voice? 
Was that your Hannah voice? You got lower in vault. No, in, I'm trying in, to trying to convince cut. people that that like we're living in a glitch in the matrix, and I've been doing both of us. But I feel oh. like we both interrupt each other enough in what I like to call yeah. banter <laughs> for it to be maybe Speaking impossible. Speaking of banter, we banter please, in please. parks. Speaking of parks, the Parks oh. and Recreation Department needs more Good, money. Yeah. Take That's us home. the kind of thing that Leslie wants Anne to do on this date. So yeah. Anne ends up. At a restaurant with Chris Traeger, who has, like I said, the most bachelor date ever, where she goes, why are you so positive? He also says things I feel like contestants would say on The Bachelor, like nurses are undervalued and I feel like they should make as much as the CEO of Google is true. (laughs) They are undervalued and they should make as much as the CEO of Google. It just feels like such a bachelor line. (laughs) Yeah. You're not wrong. I do. I think that's. Totally right. And I think that's a reason why it works in that, again, I can I can just imagine a smoke-filled writer's room. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm losing it. But um, No, you're doing it, great. I'm here. It, I'm right here with you. I'm right here. Okay. I got a your hand. A smoke-filled writer's room. The year was 1930. And the streets of New York echoed with the cries of newsies. Parks and Rec wouldn't be written for 70 years, but here they were. <laughs> I don't know what voice that was. I'm very, very bad at accents. That's okay. That's not what this is about. Chris okay. Traeger, yeah. writer's room. I think they were like, he's still in the show. We have to make we have to make it clear that he's not just going to be a caricature. Like, I think right. we needed that little bit of of like darkness. No, I love it. Listen, yeah. it, it works on The Bachelor no, 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 too. Yeah, yeah. You don't know a contestant and suddenly uh, the contestant tells you a story that makes you understand them better. It's The Bachelor yeah. does the same thing. Um, I love how Anne yeah, is talking. All great on, works of art. <laughs> all great works of art. Anne is talking on the phone uh, saying it's hard to Leslie, saying it's hard to do it. And then Leslie goes, then I'm right here to do it, basically. she's She pops in Shows up on the date, uh, sits down, is about to make her pitch when Ben shows up because he suspected that the date was a uh, a trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now well, it's one got of a our favorite tropes. Plus two other people. Yeah, of, of like uh, not well. Yeah, of sort of like the enemies becoming lovers or just friends or coworkers. I don't want to show my hand, but I think I see your hand in the Zoom. <laughs> yeah. but I'm there it is. <laughs> but I think the like enemies becoming lovers trope works so well in this way of like if you're if you and they don't hate each other, but if you're like super frustrated or like fixated on someone, you're paying them a ton of attention. It's like just the only thing that's different is the quality of the attention you're paying versus if you're in love with someone and paying them attention. I also so I think, think yeah. Oh. No, that's that no, interrupting just, I, banter thing we talked about. No, you finished the thought. I, I just think that's it's one of my favorite things because it's getting to watch a character like be obsessed with someone else or or with Ben kind of like not having a choice like Leslie is around him all the time um, and watching. It's a fun scene because it's them on the same page, even though yes. they have opposite That's what I objectives. was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say the thing I love is Leslie's met her match in a lot of ways. And that's something I really like. Like part of it is like, yes, they're on opposite sides in a way. Mm -hmm. But every step Leslie takes, Ben is right there with her. Like he he sees what she might do and matches it. And I think that sort of competitive spirit 
that's matched can lead to um, babies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it is like they. There's a great one of my maybe my favorite moment in this episode is when during the date, right after the date, um, because you know Ben and Leslie sit down with Anne and Chris for a little bit, and they're both kind of it's like a a tug of war, but they decide to keep hanging out after a very long stare from Leslie to Anne and they go to the bulge. Um, best night. Leslie's famous. Yeah. Kind of a, kind of a local hero, um, to the gay community. Uh, and we get the scene of Leslie and Ben at the bar. Mm -hmm. And there's this moment where they forget that they're, that they want opposite things and they're just enjoying being with each other. And then they remember to kind of put their defenses back up. Um, but I, yeah, Ah, it's just such a good scene. It is. And you have to think too, like, obviously also Ben dancing a little at the bulge is so funny, like shaking his body slightly. (laughs) You have to think like, of course, Ben wants to stop Leslie from making the pitch, but you know, if Chris said, oh, she asked for more money, Ben would still be involved. You have to think he also tracked Leslie Nope down after hours. There's something else fuel in it. You just have to believe. That it's more than just this game for two. Wait, what <laughs> lyric did I just quote? Game I, for two. Cousin. Mm, is it back? I'm leaving boys? you behind. <laughs> um, no, I think it's it it has a feeling of an old timey ballad. Um and the clue, dear listener, is that this title of the song is the password to your peacock account. Backwards. <laughs> um, at the same time this is going on, we check in mm-hmm. on the b-ball story. And that is uh, the game is happening between Andy and Ron's teams. And the ref is Tom Haverford, who is very like, you know, uh, throw it from the squiggly thing. He's very Will and I ask answering sports guys dad's questions. Yeah. And all is going fine. Ron's team is crushing Andy's as expected until... Ron's girlfriend, Tom's ex-wife, Wendy, shows up. Heartbreaking stuff, folks. Heartbreaking stuff on the (laughs) basketball court. If you're keeping track of the the, uh, quarters of the basketball game. Well, it just makes it, yeah. It's probably not even half times yet. Um, But what makes the moment so good, too, is that we... You know, the last time we saw Tom, he was he in was this happy. exciting new relationship. Yeah, with Lucy. Um, and we learned that he still is. Yeah. So it, but it's like that kind of jealousy where it just makes this moment way more uncomfortable. And painful. Yeah. And I painful. Because at first when he's working at Lady Foot Locker, you know, it's referenced that he's giving free uh, headbands or sports bras away to, I think it's sports bras, to uh, the girls uh, from Hot Dog on a Stick. And yeah. so that's Which sort could of be like, a headband. I think depending on the sports bra, yeah. it could also be used as a headband. Um, But uh, we're reminded that he's with Lucy, who he really likes. Like, he lists actual things he likes about her. Um, And, you know, I, I think uh, the pain, the ex-wife storyline, this is part of why, uh, similar to why April might be jealous of Andy and Anne's kiss. We've watched since season one. So we've seen Tom in love with Wendy for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think we're reminded that it isn't, it's not just that he's, that Ron is now with Wendy. It's just kind of every, every level 
of this thing has stacked against. Do you think it's fair Tom. the way they're being all canoodly? No, Wendy knows that Tom was in love with her at a point. I yeah, know Tom. I think it's we always not... give Tom a hard time, but let's. I don't know. I feel like there it is a weird line here. Like the free, it's like a free throw line where it's like, yeah, much like in sports. The ball. Well, so Tom gets jealous of Wendy kissing Ron on the, you know, the cheek when he does well, and so he starts calling fouls on all of uh, Ron's players for double dribbling, for eventually just for touching the basketball, and then he Ron gets mad and roughs roughs up the ref and. Uh, he ejects him and Wendy, and Ron throws a chair. Yeah, yeah. And it just for all anyone who is for anyone who has ever gotten stuck in their own shirt while trying to take it off, you know that like this isn't funny. Anyone who has tried to take their shirt off and gotten stuck in the privacy of their own home, you can imagine how embarrassing that feels. But I do Triple think it on a basketball court. it's all worth it for a very wonderful <laughs> moment where uh, Tom declares that Andy's team has won the game because the other team forfeited or they all got fouled out. And Andy goes nuts. He dumps Gatorade on himself. He dedicates it to April, wherever she may be. It's a, it's a real moment of victory for Andy. Mm-hmm. Just pure joy, <laughs> ignoring all the, the circumstance to his win. Yeah, and also really, he tries to get the kids to chant Andy, <laughs> which is just, yeah, it's very much like he's the biggest kid out there. Every time they call me coach, I know I've agreed to be a coach. Andy's got some great lines this episode. Um, we got a note. It's another job for Andy given to him by, by Leslie, Leslie Nope, who Andy, probably feels a little guilty. <laughs> that she didn't let him sue the city. <clears throat> I'll never stop agreeing with Josh Wiggler's amazing point. Um, yeah. Speaking of a phenomenal date, um, we go back to the bulge where Leslie has really laid out her pitch for more money. She said, you know, it'd be nicer to walk in the parks. Ramsey Park is closed. And Chris says he'll consider it. And Leslie makes the mistake of saying. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Which, let's boogie. I think she even says, let's boogie. Like, let's get yeah. out of here. Or or maybe like, now let's really dance. Yeah. And, you know. but you can't, if you secretly set someone up for a date that has an ulterior motive, don't say mission accomplished when you've accomplished the mission. I'd say between Leslie Nope saying mission accomplished in this situation and George W. Bush saying mission accomplished from the aircraft carrier, mission accomplished as a two word phrase can be retired. I think it no longer means mission accomplished. It now either means George W. Bush saying mission accomplished from an Air Force carrier or Leslie Nope really ruining the state. Which one was worse? <laughs> there are different levels. <laughs> Everything is bad. <laughs> is my um, is my short answer. <laughs> but it's really it's the first bad date that Chris has ever gone on. Um They've either been phenomenally good or good. Um, yeah, this is really hard. Uh, Anne doesn't win his rose. Um, and they go their separate ways. And we cut to the next morning. Andy, this, this if you had your favorite scene, I think my favorite scene is the wordless run when Andy sees mm. April across the way. Um, there's this, there's, it's a three part shot. First, he gets up from his shoe shine, starts running. Then we see him run across the courtyard and then finally run into the park's office. And one shot, right? It's, it's, it's three different shots. Um, okay. 
Is it not? <laughs> no, I think you're right. Okay, I I'm going to rewatch mind's it. Eye, you I have, it. Again, in my dream. You have me. Okay, the first shot's him right. No, it's three different shots. I was right. Three different shots. Um, okay. So my favorite one is the middle shot where he's sprinting outside because there's no, you know, where were you? None of that. It's just pure joy. It's pure puppy jo- dog joy. It's just His face is just pure glee. He gets to see her again. He runs up to her. Remember, he had that incredible sports victory. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says, where have you been? And she says she's been in Venezuela. Across the pond. <laughs> also, knowing Andy and and imagining his own habits, he's like definitely still sticky. Like when he runs over to April, he's like still sticky and probably smells yes. like lemon lime from the Gatorade. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, great. I agree. I agree that this is in editing terms. Um, this is uh, a sandwich, um, and that the middle the middle is the best part of. Of that it's sequence. just, it's so joyful yeah. and it's, you know, we obviously, no, we want the, so good, yeah. obviously we want the parks department to get the money, <laughs> but there's, like we said, there's two parallel storylines. There's April, uh, or April and Andy, and there's Leslie and the money for the parks department. And even though the money is the A story and the bigger thing, the heart of the episode is Andy kind of pining after April and wanting that to happen, I would mm-hmm. say. And I think both the heart and like a promise for the season, you know, right. it's kind of like we're like, it's the first episode. What we want to do is we want to remind you that you love all these characters and also put a little, you know, gunk up the machinery so that we know that there's hijinks are coming. Um, we want to start on a won't they, not a will they. Give a yeah, little hint at a will they. The yeah, won't they is that April has a Venezuelan boyfriend now. We meet Eduardo. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a crushing moment of defeat for Andy. Crushing crush. Crushing. Uh, it, there's a lot of defeat in this moment before the promise of the future, which mm-hmm. is Anne goes to Chris and apologizes, said she's ready to eat crow. That is the phrase she used. Which. Is something that you say all the time, right, Hannah? I feel like that. I mean, listen, just around the river bend of every episode is me saying eat crow. Um, if you want that to be a catchphrase, I think it's done. <laughs> all right. Um, Leslie into a tape recorder is having um, ideas. And the tape recorder bit feels like uh, like from the DNA of the office. Like, it feels like, in, in a way that's fun, where it's like both her and Mike, I feel like we talk about that a lot of how originally her character was closer to Michael Scott, to like a Steve Carell, Michael Scott, and her talking into Especially she's saying the cows can be, eat, can be used to mow the grass and then eat in. <laughs> um, but Andy comes in and yeah. says that April has a boyfriend, he is just crushed, and what should he do? And this is where she names the episode, when I was on Deal or No Deal, it was always an honor whoever said the line that named the episode. Every episode of Deal or No Deal is named after some someone's line. And mm-hmm. she says the title of the episode, Go Big or Go Home. She gives him this speech like, when you're down the most, that's when you swing the hardest. That's when you do everything. And in giving him the speech, the parallel story, she realizes that's what she has to do. And in the beginning of the episode, she had talked about the winter jamboree. And the Harvest mm. Festival. There's a little twist. You thought I was going to, you thought this was, I thought it was going to be the Winter Jamboree, but it wasn't. <laughs> um, and so she brings everyone out <clears throat> to the hallway 
and says they're going to essentially they should try to bring back the Harvest Festival to bring back the budget. Um, hmm. There's a really funny. Keep in mind, she's pregnant for all of this. You know, she just keep in mind. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Amy Poehler, congratulations. Um, acting for two. Acting for yeah. two. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a mumps check your penis joke, Jerry, in there. But we get to the um, if we had the defeat, we get to the what this whole season. Not the whole season is going to be about, but what sort of, like I said, the flavor of the rest of the show. Which is mm-hmm. They're down in the dumps and, and, and Leslie is pitching to Chris and Ben, the Harvest Festival, that it's going to be all paid for. Vendors are going to donate their money, that it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to only make profit. It's the big swing. And, you know, Ben asks. And there's a, there's a risk involved too, where it's like, and if it doesn't work, yeah, Ben asks if it doesn't we'll cut work. The parks. And yeah. she goes, then you eliminate the parks department. She looks at Ron, though it's not really his decision, it's hers. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, Chris has tears in her eyes, but I like that she looks at Ben and waits for his little okay. He tosses her the pumpkin back. Um, there's a lot of gourds and pumpkins. And with that, the new goal is set up. We will be working for this harvest festival. And then the parallel story, uh, Andy winning April back, Andy gets April, a bunch of flowers, asks for her back. She says no, but he says he's going to keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. So we get, we get two big gestures. One works. One doesn't kind of three, actually, in a way, I think, Anne also, well, I, not a huge gesture, but she puts herself out there. I don't there. think yeah. um I don't think the Harvest Festival is like it's working yet. I think it's like we're taking the risk. I think both are like yeah. we're taking the risk. April kind but of has a look. April camera. does not. Well, she has a bit of a look yeah. like, oh, this is happening. Um that lets mm. us know she might be more on board with it than she seems. Um This is true. But overall, you know, that is go big or go home. No. I think what I love about that moment with uh, Andy and Leslie is that Leslie like gives herself a pep talk and she's also giving herself, she's giving a pep talk and like words of encouragement to someone who's in love. And I like that there's this nugget of, I think she'd been coming at how to save the parks department in a way that was competitive or in a way that was fighting against Ben or fighting against, you know, the budget crisis. And the solution was to like reorient her, you know, her approach to what would you do if you were in yeah. love with this town? You know, if you like loved this town. And I these, think these there, there is a great love story uh, between Leslie and this town of Pawnee. You could say that's the real ship of the series. You could say the town is really a character. Yeah. <clears throat> and we will. Speaking of the town, yeah. should we hear from the town people? I would love to. Um, but okay, before we do, tell me every detail about your day. Just kidding. Are there any final thoughts for me, <laughs> for me, you know, between the two of us before we go into our town halls? Anything? To me, it just it really sets up. It, it really, we're fully shifted into the new series as it will be, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what this marks. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's re- it's reassuring us that we're getting a feel for the new dynamic with Chris and Ben. Um, I think we get a little a little whiff of chemistry between Ben and Leslie, and yeah, I think it's I think it's 
a well a well balanced full Parks and Rec pyramid. You know, I think it's got all the the main components. Um. Yeah. Now, if you have not seen the episode yet because of Peacock, I hope you understood what we were talking about. We will figure <laughs> this out hopefully soon. Uh, let's hear from the town of Pawnee Public Radio because we love you. Yeah, we didn't really hear from the town. Not this episode. Yeah, we're we're ready. We what do you guys oh, think? Yeah. Oh, and in this, t- yeah. Well, this, you know, we don't. We know that people are upset that the government shut down. Uh, Leslie references everyone in her office, but we don't mm. really see angry Pawneeans. No. But don't worry, we will. And in the meantime, let's enjoy some hopefully not angry Pawnee Public <laughs> Radio in, starting with number 164, Lucy Connor from the email. Hi, Pawnee Public Radio. Um, my name is Lucy Connor from Seattle. I sent you an email. I want to know what you, what um, Avatar element you think all the characters on um, Parks and Rec, you know that show, um, would bend. If you haven't seen Avatar, it's pretty much just would they control fire, water, earth, or air. Um, yeah, I hope you like my email. I would like to be an honorary member of the Connor Club. Um, have a great day, and I love the podcast. Ah, thanks, Lucy. You have very much tapped into the fact that no show is sacred, and any show can be talked about at least a little bit on Bonnie Public Radio. Hannah, are you at all familiar with the show Avatar, The Last Airbender? I'm... Not as well versed as the other shows that I've mentioned, which have been a bunch, (laughs) but I I understand the concept behind this. I think we should each say our, maybe our favorite character and what element they would bend. Okay. Yeah. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. I'll say I'm, I think I'm halfway through season two. I'm I'm a, a big fan. I don't, I think Aang is in a snowy place somewhere. So that should tell you all you need to know, Lucy. I will say, I think, uh, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think, uh, how do I have mine? I barely understand Avatar, but <laughs> do you know I have what you mine. Have it? I, go, go, go. Yeah. If I, I love April, mm-hmm. and I think she's definitely bending fire, um, mm-hmm. and just, you know, starting fires fucking everywhere. I'm not sure if that's how Avatar works, <laughs> but I think she definitely fights fire with fire. Yeah, no, I I think that's true. Um, I think Leslie might be the Avatar, but we'll an iteration of, of him. But does the Avatar bend everything? Mm-hmm. Am I am I going crazy? Okay, yeah. so okay, pretty cool. Pretty. I'm cool. not losing my mind. All right, so um, Leslie is bending everything. I didn't know that was an option. I gotta watch Avatar before Lucy calls in again. And I'll say Ron Earth. I'll say Ron's yeah. an Earthbender. You know, because... we can keep going. I don't know why I limited us to one. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess I am just like, what would Andy bend? I feel like Andy would think he was bending something, but mm-hmm. he he would just he would be like, my air, my avatar is mind control, and they'd be like, no. Yeah, maybe he was he's actually just like burping, but he thinks it's it's really doing yeah. something special. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I'll keep Lucy. I. I don't think I'll name more more benders, but know that this question of yours is going to haunt me for a really long time. So uh, I'm not I'm not done wrestling with it, but um, but I won't be able to sleep tonight. 
<laughs> Thank you for calling in. We're going to go from Lucy Connor to Connor Young, number 166. Hey, Hannah and Will. This is Connor Young calling in from Dallas, Texas. In this episode, our cold open is a giant previously on Deal or No Deal section. Basically, just like a giant recap of season two. I went and checked every other season, and this is the only season that has this, though season four kind of has a small recap, but not as much. So why did they want to have this big recap here? I don't know, but I would love for you to tell me. Thank you. From the makers of Peacock, (laughs) we have this introduction. Uh, Connor Young, thank you so much for calling in again. Um, You really did your research, too. Thank you for checking out the other seasons, which maybe I should have done. (laughs) I feel like this is a thing in the past where it would always say skip recap, and I may have skipped over the recap, but now that we're podcasting, I really went through it. Yeah, Um, use every part of the episode, yeah. Gosh, I mean, someone was like, I don't think the audience <laughs> remembers anything. I Here's, okay, joke answer. It was the Wild West of TV and no one had any idea what was going on back in the early 2010s. Real answer. But now, real, real grounded Will version. <laughs> real new, grounded new, Will. Now yeah. that you've heard from Dream Will, Dreamy. Um I wonder. I like that Dreamwell calls himself dreamy <laughs> as a joke. He's like, I'm super dreamy. Get it? Yeah. Well, that was real Will talking about Dreamwell behind Dream his Will. back. My bad. Yeah. My bad. Um, I should have understood. <laughs> Gotta work on my character voices. I think, I wonder if like between season two and season three, uh, they had like a, a growth in listenership audience. or they knew that they think, had yeah. a bigger Not audience listenership, watchers even <laughs> no, i forgot how tv worked um yeah i wonder if that had something i wonder if it was like well then i'm glad we did an intro i hope we have a boost yeah <laughs> yeah people are like this is where i will begin or maybe it was a um you know they had like a different slot on nbc and so it was for more people to find out about it i don't know i think I We're think you do have to re- do some research yeah. before the next one. And you can too. Did did, did the time switch? Was there just a, an increase in listeners um, or viewers? My bad. I'm, now I'm doing it too. No, we're so um, in our own little bubble. <laughs> or did some guy with a deep voice walk past Mike Schur's office going, I have to go about my day. And Mike was like, come on in here and record something for fun. I do think in the world of network TV, it was just a different time. You know, like, I think, I think that's, that's something kind of cool where like that just happens less now where you turn on the TV and you watch what's on. And if you were to do that for the first episode, it would be helpful to remember everything that had happened before. You know, um, for you those know? who are new <laughs> to Pawnee Public Radio previously on my parents call in. Uh, thank you, Connor Young, for calling in. We're going to go to one of my parents, number 167, Anonymous. I have not listened to this ahead of time. Okay. I'm going to guess that this is your mom. Any wager? Winner takes all. <laughs> Whatever we're betting. I feel like she texted me that she sent it in first before my dad. They also text me that they've sent it in. So my, I think it is my mom. My guess is your mom. Uh, there's one that's 58 seconds and there's one that's a minute. And I think your dad really used those two seconds. So let's see who this is. <laughs> All right, let's hear it from my mom, probably. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Will. Yes. Loved your podcast last week with your guest, Alex. Uh, really looking forward to season three. I like this episode a lot. Um, I especially liked the scene where 
Leslie and Ann practice for the date um, with Chris. I like the scene where Leslie takes Jerry's beautiful painting and throws it into the river. Usually I don't like the bullying scenes. Um, I really enjoyed the basketball game, although that's probably in sports guy dad's domain, but Ron's pyramid is, is certainly inspirational. I guess my favorite part was the scene with Andy, April, and Eduardo, and the mistranslation, and just, you just got to really, really like Andy and his determination to win April. All good points. <laughs> Aw, Mom, thanks for calling in. I feel like my mom sounds like me when I watch. I go, oh, I like that line. That's a good line. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't have to get into all the details, because I know you have some feelings about it but there is <laughs> april speaks spanish with eduardo and andy this may shock you is not fluent in spanish so throughout eduardo's time on the show april will be the translator between the two of them which is a role she does not take responsibly um i do think we get like uh it's well and we'll feel this a little bit more but like eduardo is kind of like i might say this this might be a word that i've only read and never said but like guileless is that right <laughs> I don't know. What does the word mean? Like kind of like Eduardo-ish. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, he's kind of like naive and oblivious in a very handsome Venezuelan way. But okay. but actually in the same way of Ant. Like he's actually earnest in a similar way to Andy. Where he's mm. just like is also just positive and supportive and uh, yeah, and maybe kind of dumb. <laughs> I like that April... April likes being in control, and I I will give in in her to her credit, like she got her heart broken, so of course she's gonna jump to a guy that she has full control over, including translating the entire United States for him, essentially. Um, but uh, I love a lot of the scenes my mom also loved. I'm just like my mom this episode. If I had to call in with a voicemail, I'd be like, I like this scene. And I like this scene. And don't forget about this scene. This it's is less just... of a question and more of a comment. And I liked it. <laughs> it's a very just like, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I approve. I love you, mom. Let's get to Sports Guys Dad's question number 168, Anonymous. Hello, Hannah. Hello, Will. Sports Guy Dad here. Uh, before I go into anything, let's let's uh, straighten out that uh, little interchange with Alex, uh, who didn't seem to know why Sports Guy Dad would be on a Parks and Rec rewatch podcast. Let's straighten it Thank out. Thank you for the spinoff plug, but you should have also pointed out to him, as I did early on, sports are played in parks and sports mm-hmm. are recreation. So, of yep. course, this is a sports podcast. Uh, and the proof of it is, look at this episode, Go Big or Go Home, and Andy and Ron are coaching basketball. That's sports, my friend. As for the Buffalo Bills, I like Will sticking with the Bills. Just because they lost one game shouldn't be the reason they don't win the Super Bowl. And Hannah going with Tom Brady. Uh, when this airs, we'll know who won. Right now, we still don't. Uh, but if if Hannah is wrong, Will and Hannah, 
What will Tom Brady and the Buffalo Bills then have in common? That's your question for the week. Keep up the good work. Oh my gosh, this is not a Googleable question, or maybe it is. No, I think he, I think your dad might be starting to grade on a curve, <laughs> which is good for um, me. I like that most of this was just a defense against Alex. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, your dad needs to stand up for himself. He, so mean. if Tom, so the question was, if Tom Brady loses, what will he have in common with the Buffalo Bills? I He'll mean, be a billionaire without. <laughs> Another Super Bowl ring? <laughs> he will. I mean, they'll, they'll both be, with utmost respect, losers. And I mean that I mean that as a loser. <laughs> From one loser to another, I will also be a loser with them. I've also lost every Super Bowl I've ever not played Tom in. Tom Brady could be considered... I mean, I know he's got his shtick, but I don't think he could be considered a loser. He has a lot of those rings... And he put a ring on Giselle Bunchen's finger. Look at me with my... All I'll say is it only takes one loss to be a loser. Welcome to the club, Tom. <laughs> so Will is just going with losers, and I'm going with a weird pun about Buffalo Bills. Um, <laughs> Dad, I feel like this. these are the best guesses you're going to get, so I'm curious to know the answer next week on Sports Guys Dads, Parks, and recreation podcast. Um, thank you, Dad, for calling in. I love you. I hope our answers are up to snuff. I'm yeah. really curious the answer. I might start Googling after this. We do have one tweet. Oh, read it, Hannah. From, from <laughs> at Rob has a fanboy. Um, and Aww. they wrote, at Radio Pawnee, I think an alternative interpretation of the scene where Ben talks about firing Leslie is that he agonized over the decision before he finally made it, and he knew he could emotionally be talked out of it, so he kept trying to move on. Now, this is off of my upset that Ben tried to fire Leslie last episode. That is a, that is a great interpretation. Will, what do you think? I... I think, you know, you might be on to something. I don't think it was Occam's razor, which is like the simplest explanation is usually true. Maybe doesn't apply here. I think in this case, the <laughs> most complicated version is probably true. No, um, I, I I think I, here's what I absolutely agree with you. Is this Rob real will or dream will or this is we, which this will is like, am I talking I'm to? I'm in my avatar state, which correct me Wait, if I'm wrong, Lucy. Wait, is this how you did your one, if this is, <laughs> did your one man improv show you were just all the wills well yeah every every character i play is is but a shade of myself um oh heck what was i what was i saying that um lucy oh this theory. avatar lucy yeah. avatar will in my avatar state everything's coming together um i do think that not maybe not necessarily like ben could be talked out of it but I do think in this moment he feels really warmly. I think he can both things can be true. He can like mm-hmm. really respect her and also be like, but I have to do my job. And I think what he's defined his job as for himself is like making really hard choices. And maybe there's some part of him that's like, this is the hardest choice. So it's probably right. Like he's trusting that instinct because it served him so well in all of his other, you know, busting up. And I just us. think I just think he's being a booger. So on he, that yeah. note, if you want to <laughs> send us a, a speak pipe, 
They're so easy to send. You just go to speakpipe.com slash Pawnee Public Radio. Tweet at us at Radio Pawnee. But we're going to read two new five-star reviews. Um, That's the best way to get us to read your exact words aloud. Um, Please rate us five stars. Leave us a review. It's the best way to get our podcast into the atmosphere. Um, So I'm going to start with uh, a review from Kat. One, two, nine, eight, nine. And they write, amazing. This podcast brings so much joy to my week. The hosts are so funny and smart. If you like wit and non-condescending sarcasm, you'll especially love it. I love the way they describe P and Ampar, exclamation point. I think she just got so excited. She started typing a lot of letters. Uh, Kat, this is genuinely such a sweet compliment. Um, I'm so glad we can pull off sarcasm in a non-condescending way. Because <laughs> I feel like I feel like Will and I, if we're ever condescending, it's only to ourselves. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, that was a very sweet review, and it makes my heart feel warm. I'd say fuzzy. I feel lightheaded. I might just need some water. But this was great. Uh... Do you want to read the next review, Will? And our next five-star review comes from Rossi K. And they say, worth a listen. This is a good way to get a daily dose of Parks and Rec, which I'm totally missing. Simple, direct, to the point. I feel like Ron Swanson himself would be a fan of this of this review. I feel like I the think first review was yeah. an Andy team. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I thank you so much. You agree that it's worth a listen. I think I think it's worth I think it's worth a listen. Yeah. I don't I don't want to build Give myself it up to a much. chance. <laughs> yeah. Um thank you so much for sending in five star reviews. We're we're making our way through all of them. We will read your five star review out loud. If you forget a star, we will not read it. If it's five stars, we will read it. If it's insulting, but it's five stars, we will make a judgment call. Mm-hmm. Hannah will read it. Hannah will text it to me. Hannah will say, why? Why are people so cruel? Um, and I will worry, say, it's worth a listen. Re- any cruel review has not been five stars. So we haven't had to make that call yet. Um Listen, the way my brain works is my heart feels warm from that those kind words. And if someone says something mean, it will uh, cool my heart down a little. I, I'm just only human. <laughs> I think what I, you just described is like literally how reptiles work. <laughs> like if I feel sad, I go into the sun and I regulate my body temperature. <laughs> this has been a joy. I feel like this season, my goal on this podcast is to go big or go home. But yeah. I'm at my home. So go big. You're right. You can do both and be at home. Yeah. Go big and go home this week. Whatever that may mean. Go big and stay home unless you're working. <laughs> uh, uh. We love you, the listener. Uh, if you could do us a huge favor and tap a friend um it, it, you know you can poke them remember when poking was a thing was that facebook or myspace i think that oh, was facebook yeah remember when poking was a thing on facebook if poke you could course. poke a virtually poke a friend and pass along our podcast it would just mean the world to us we'll see you next week or we might not see you but you'll hear us <laughs> <laughs> but we are watching Hopefully. bye always <laughs> bye love you <ya. laughs>